Welcome Australia. It's that time again for another podcast from the Mate Team, where we try and get into your head with stuff that makes us sound smart. Sit back and relax. It's time for us to be mates. Welcome to another Let's Be Mates podcast. Uh, my name's Bosco. We've got uh, the usual suspects here. So Dom, Faz, how you going, boys? Hey, Bosco, Good, how, you going? how you going? Good. Good. Good stuff. And hey, Dom, what are we talking about today? Well, Faz, in today's episode, we're talking to a brand that has built a cult following in the sports space. At Mate, we've partly aligned our brand to sport for a bunch of reasons, such as competitive spirit. We see ourselves as the underdog. We need to fight hard to win in the telco industry every day. Building fans, just like fans of sporting teams. We need to build fans of mate. Also, that keeps us honest and ensures we continue to deliver what we say we're going to do. Inspiration. Every sports fan, no matter what sport, is a person, event or a moment that inspires us all. We want to make sure that we inspire as a telco too. A brand that we've become great friends with are the team at the UFC. Their brand delivers on so many different things and this is why we've got Peter on today to tell us more. So welcome, Peter. How are you going? Doing well, thanks, gents. Uh, thanks for the invitation and uh, pleased to be with you guys. No, thanks for having you on board. And mate, we always love talking to you know great um, brands and, and especially around the sports arena. And I think we set up this podcast to, to say what sports means to us at Mate and, and how we've aligned our brand with sport. And, you know, what a, uh, there's no other bigger sport than UFC, right, and at the moment, especially in this market. And so, Peter, let's start with understanding who you are and what your role is at UFC. Sure. Um, well, just to kind of build on that, I mean, you know, sports are so big, but Australia's a sporting nation, so we get it. We get it down here. So, you know, all of those things are relevant, but you've got to take into account that, you know, we're just so sports mad down. But, sorry, to answer your question, um, so I'm the Vice President of UFC for Australia and New Zealand, and I'm responsible for... I guess, managing the business that UFC has here in Australia and New Zealand and to, to basically grow, continue the growth that we've seen here in Australia and New Zealand. You know, we had our first live event in Australia in 2010, so we're, we're 10 years young um, as, a, as a brand in this country and uh, we continue to build on, you know, the, the success that we have since that first event in February 20, 2010 and continue to grow the fan base. And so my job is to be responsible for all of that. And we're slowly building out a team here in Australia, uh, which has seen a lot of success. So Peter, you've mentioned um, your role at UFC, but give us a brief history into UFC itself as a sport, um, basically where it started and how it got to where it is today. Sure, well, as I mentioned, you know, in Australia, UFC has been operational for about 10 years, but the journey goes back to about 1993. Uh, where UFC was first created. And it, it's a great story, and, and I'll, I'll kind of put into a short kind of synopsis, but it, it was essentially a, a, an idea. A group of guys got together to figure out, okay, who's going to be the best martial artist out of all the martial arts that are out there? Is a karate guy going to beat a sumo wrestler? Is a boxer going to beat a wrestler? So it was that age-old question where you get together with a bunch of mates you have having a beer. It's like, oh, my guy can beat your guy. So they wanted to put an end to this question. So they came together and they formed UFC. Uh, they had their first event in 1993 and it was billed as no holes barred, anything can happen, um, you know, you can't miss this unstoppable event. And what transpired was they, they invited all these different martial artists from different parts of the world and the country in the US. 
and they had huge burly guys who you know were absolutely jacked and and uh, you know looked like they would win any fight. And then you had a, a range of abilities and and, and different fighters and athletes. Um, and the guy who ended up winning was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, player, um, Royce Gracie. And what was so surprising is this guy was pretty small. He was only six foot, 185 pounds, and he used his skill and technique to beat these massive guys who, you know, you wouldn't want to uh, meet down the dark and alley. <laughs> and that's what blew everyone's mind. It's like, hang on, skill and technique beat all of these other forms of martial arts. And I think that everybody kind of felt like they were onto something there. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of exploded from there. So to, to kind of fast forward a little bit through the journey, um, you know, UFC was was bought in um, bought in the early 2000s by Dana White, Lorenzo and Frank Petita. And, um, you know, the, the UFC was this freak show for, you know, a number of years and, and people, you know, it was, it was promoted as this no-hold-bars competition. And it was failing because they were, they were blocked in a lot of states. They weren't able to get onto television, you know, and all their revenues were going down. And so what Dana and, and the Lorenzo brothers did together, uh, so the Fatita brothers did together, was to, was to properly regulate the sport and create the sport of mixed martial arts. And it was through that proper regulation that they were able to, you know, lift bans in states throughout the US and then regulate the sport throughout the world. And then, you know, the UK was a prime destination for international expansion. Australia was at the top of that list as well, Canada. And so that the, the momentum built off the back of that. And, uh, and now we've got the business what it is, what it is today. And what about in Australia in, in 2020? What are the, um, you know, how big is the sport? What are some up-and-coming athletes we're seeing? Yeah, we've seen some tremendous growth since that 2010, that first event we had, UFC 110. Um, we had two sold-out back-to-back uh, arena events in Sydney in 2010, 2011. And we had very few Australian athletes. I think we had maybe a handful that either represented UFC internationally or locally. Um, and But... We've seen tremendous growth, and the fan base was always there since we since we came in 2010, and then has you know grown exponentially since then. Um, over that over this period, we've seen about 50 athletes represent either Australia or New Zealand in in that time, and we've we currently have about 15 to 18 currently active um, athletes on the roster. So. In terms of participation, we've done ex- exceptionally well of people representing uh, Australia New Zealand. We have two current champions, Israel Adesanya from New Zealand and Alex Volkanovski from Australia, which really shows that the, you know, we're a mature market. We've got athletes who are representing the country as well. And having a local champion does so much to, I guess, build sport and the fan interest uh, in a particular market. Um, we've done 18 events across seven different cities in, in Australia and New Zealand. And, um, and, and the future is bright. We, we continue to, as I mentioned, build that fan base, bring in new partners. And I think that the, the vision that we have for the future is, um, is crystallising and, and we're slowly maturing into, into an adult. Yeah. It's a great story. And I think, um, you know, what, what, what I, my passion around UFC and, um, is around uh, how I focus on fitness and 
you know how I how, how do I uh, and, and the, the when I watch the the matches and the people uh, the people involved and the athletes it's you know what, what is their training regime how do they you know how do they keep fit how do they stay competitive for that long and and, and so on and so forth and that's the that's I think that's the that's the real focus of the brand now and, and the spoke a focus of the sport which is really driving a lot of the conversations I have with my groups of friends and and things like that and it's I think it's really inspirational around that I think we all fitness is a bit of a trend at the moment and I think it's a good trend, right? We, we speak about a lot of things around trends and fitness is a good trend. I think UFC, you know, amplifies that into a, a completely different way and imagine the, the, the feeling in, in, the, in, in the type of space where UFC plays, right? And the feeling you get to be able to do something, to be able to be that fit. The, the, the way it leads you is, is, you know, second to none in my, in my, ex- my experience. Now, if you look at me, I'm probably not a UFC athlete <laughs> yet, but uh, I'm definitely focusing on that, right? We'll <laughs> um, get you to a UFC gym, Mark. Yeah, and, that, and that's, I mean, that's, another, that's my next question, right? Is that, you know, um, a lot of business, especially during COVID time, is all about diversification and all these different things. And I know the UFC has d- diversified. There's the UFC gyms that you have in, in the market as well. Um, you know, there's uh, obviously your OTT platform around content and things like that. And I mean, you want to talk to us about the different phases so you obviously have your core sport but how do you take that to market in different ways how do you build your fan base around all these different types of things that happen around UFC sure I, I think that it's it's pretty simple you, you you build the business on through having strong partnerships whether it's your media partners and content partners through the responses that you have through affiliate affiliates and, and another kind of franchise and things like UFC gyms but it's a sum of all those parts and um, you're right, we, we, you only, you judge by the company that you keep. And if you keep good company, then you can set yourself up for success. And we've seen that over the years. And a lot of credit goes to, you know, the, the, um, the broadcast partners that we've had over the last 10 years in Australia, they've helped us grow. And, and content is definitely the number one clue of our business. And we've seen that in recent times where, you know, everybody's uh, faced a lot of challenges in response to the pandemic. Um, but what is what we've been able to continue to do is create and build our content. We're we're back to we're back on schedule when it comes to our schedule of events, and we've been delivering the content in terms of our live events uh, for fans to watch at home, you know, under lockdown. So content is definitely the the number one up there, and, and there's a lot of time and effort and resource gone into how that looks and feels. Um, so, uh, mate. Sport is at the heart of our brand, right? Um, and so if you look at our, uh, our brand ambassadors, you know, we've got Matty Ryan, who's the Australian goalkeeper um, based in the English Premier League, and he's also the current captain. And, you know, and then we've got Samantha Kerr, who is our, um, you know, uh, leads us from the front. And so we always said that um, we want to be known for kicking goals for Aussies, all right? And that's where Samantha Kerr comes in. And we wanted to be known for saving Aussies against bad service and bad internet. And that's literally where Matt Ryan comes in from a from a um, saving Aussies. He literally does that every day, right? And so I think, I mean, if I relate this back to the UFC brand and I want to talk about the, the UFC brand and the, the brand values and things like that, um, you know, in our world, we, we see sport inspires people in many different ways. It, uh, um, it, it, it enables them to, to watch, to follow and to try and um, see if they can del- uh, do something in that space. And, um, and I think that that's what's really inspiring. Uh, I think connected with our customers as well around sport, and um, and, and w- when we look around your your brand and your brand values, and what are the things that you'll see focus on when they're delivering 
um, the UFC brand and the content and the and the things to the to the public. Sure. Well, ultimately, you know, UFC wants UFC is, is aspiring to be the global icon of combat sports, right? And um, and we're achieving that. And if you look around uh, that space, uh, the the brand is is paramount to that success. And you know, I go back to the origins of UFC. You know, when Dana, Lorenzo, and, and Frank bought the company, effectively they were buying three letters UFC. There was something powerful behind that brand. Um, but you, you make some good points, Mark, about that inspiration that you take from athletes, what happens on the pitch, what happens in their field of play, and, and how that affects uh, all of us. So I like to say that, you know, the brand that we create with UFC is not only inspirational, but aspirational. Yeah. Um, we have a certain number of brand maxims which kind of help steer the conversation and, and position how we do what we do, not only from a look and feel and what consumers see, but also how we how we act in, in the business world, how we make decisions uh, internally. Uh, and one one of the really strong brand maxim that we have and, and one that we is our last brand maxim is that we are all fighters. Fighting is a metaphor for life. You know, whether you are um, working night shifts and, and putting, you know, uh, bread on the table at home or whether you're struggling through an illness or whatever it might be, we are all fighters. I think that that resonates really strongly with fans. It's, it's not only inspirational, but it's aspirational. In terms of what our athletes do, I think, you know, you touched on it before in terms of their fitness levels and, and what that the skill and technique involved in, in that sport. And, and really, it, it is quite incredible to see what the athletes do under such, um, under, under, um, in, in a sport, which is, you know, it's no tickling contest. It's a, it's a pretty brutal sport. And to see what they're able to do um, you know, when you think about the sport of mixed martial arts, it's a com combination of, you know, fine Olympic sports and disciplines, um, but also a whole other, you know, th there's so many other techniques that you've got to be cognizant of. So to be proficient and excel at jujitsu and boxing, you know, wrestling, all these different sports put together, it's really quite incredible what our athletes are able to do in the octagon and put, they put on a show every single time and, and I think that um, they're to be credited for, you know, what, what they do and how they inspire um, fans all the way around the world. There's, there's something really human about the competition. It's, and UFC is an, an evolution of that human competition to what we see today. It's, it's really raw in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's really um, quite, um, there's, there's something that kind of triggers a, triggers a certain kind of response, a human response in, in all of us. And I think that that's, that's the, the secret behind it. And in a lot of ways, we, we, we tap into that in terms of our brand position and, and, and how we like to, you know, portray our, the brand. That's cool. And you mentioned something before about that everybody fights, right? Everybody's fighting for whatever reason every day. And I think we, re we really resonate with that at Mate because we've had to fight every day to achieve what we've achieved today you know there's a we didn't have a head start uh, uh, you know we we already we we started a business in a market that was obviously very well established and we need to fight every day to differentiate ourselves to make sure we stand out from the crowd and i think that's the reason why we you know resonate quite well with you seeing the brand and, and everything that you guys do and so it was, i think it's pretty special and so i think you've got something special and i think businesses this day and age have great stories to tell and 
your uniqueness in that way have really something special to deliver customers and that's what i love about this industry yeah i think there could be some similarities seen between mate and ufc i mean ufc is a really a, a big small business in a lot of ways like yeah. they have very humble beginnings with not very many staff and and even for a global business that you know the, the 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 staff that we have you'd be surprised that you know we don't have thousands of people who work for the company it's, yeah. it's a lot less than that so uh yeah i totally see eye to eye on that and it all comes down to a story and a message that you can pass yeah. on and and um that that becomes very powerful you can get that cut through that, that connection with with your audiences then they're going to see it and they're going to see past anything that's not genuine yeah absolutely authenticity right such that's a big right. thing Pete, the last three months or so has been, um, you know, a significant period for everyone, but sport in particular. What's some of the um, the challenges that the UFC have come across, and what are some opportunities I guess have come out of that across the the period of um, of COVID nineteen? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think everybody, or every every business and every person has been affected by the current pandemic. There's there's no question about that. It's grinded a lot of people to a halt, and uh, you know we. Physically, we're restricted of where we could go, and a lot of businesses um, have have faced a lot of challenges, including us. Um, you know, we we put on live events with ten to twenty thousand people in 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 attendance, and Australia has the the record for the most attended UFC event in over fifty six thousand people. Um, so, not being able to put on live events as as we know them has been a challenge, and we try and take the octagon to, and you know every country in the world like we've 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 been in every continent except for obviously or most continents and throughout europe and asia and middle east australia north america south america and you know that kind of we had to put a pause to our current schedule what we'd planned out for 2020 obviously and it was a huge challenge operationally to get live events uh back up and running um for 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 the for the broadcast element and um you know, despite the fact of not being able to have fans in attendance, you know, our operations team saw that challenge to get up and running as soon as possible. And they took that challenge to be the first kind of major sport to be back on television and worked really hard to, to try and do that. Now, there were so many hoops, as you can imagine, to jump through to, to try and get that up and running. And we managed to put on three, three events in the space of a week in Florida um, last month. And, um, you know, the, the juice was worth the squeeze in a lot of ways because it was the only sport that was showing on television. We had that bit of time in the sun. And it's particularly in the U.S. with the support of ESPN, we're able to take the sport to a lot of fans who, who may, may not be familiar with our sport or normally watch our sport. And it was an opportunity to grow our fan base. So th that was a huge challenge and, and certainly worth the reward. UFC 249 really performed exceptionally well, not only in the U.S., but but here in Australia when we had no other sports on as well. Um, so so it, will, it will continue to be a challenge over the next, um, over the next uh, few months and until, you know, even into next year. But the next step for us is we have events up and running in Las Vegas at the UFC Apex. It's a facility next to our headquarters, which is it's almost like a television studio in terms of what they have there and what they can produce. We had UFC 250 on the weekend and, and that was, that, that was, done really well and looked fantastic in my opinion and um our next step after las vegas will be number of events is uh the much uh, anticipated and hyped up uh, fight island uh which which i believe is going to be announced in the next few days and uh we're, we're going to take um the octagon internationally uh to an island um 
as a as a means and method to get our international athletes fighting. Obviously, it's hard to get all of our athletes into one spot, uh, and the US has been a you know a, uh, an affected country in, in, when it comes to the pandemic. So, how do we get our athletes together in a in a territory where they can compete? So, uh, watch this space. You know, you speaking about athletes, I know um, there's been obviously in Australia the rugby leagues finally started up. I think the AFL starts this week. Um, yep. And, you know, they always speak, speak about the, um, how the, the consumers, us, are going to uh, – how we think about the sport without a, without a crowd, right? But ha- have you had a chance to hear from athletes in the UFC and what they think about fighting without crowds? Is, is there much yeah. talk around that? Is the, do, do, do they still feel the same inspiration, the same joy? Or, I mean, I sh- assume not exactly, but, I mean, obviously that's their sport, that's their code, that's what they love. But, I mean, I'd be interested to hear it from an athlete's point of view. Yeah, um, for sure. And perhaps we can get one of our athletes on to tell them about yeah. you know, their experience. But I, I think the feedback from what I've heard is that obviously the the feeling and the energy that you get from the crowd can sometimes help form a result. But I think what we're seeing in, in UFC and having watched the last few events is that the instruction that they're hearing from their corners is kind of added, added, added to them to the broadcast. We're able to kind of listen in on the advice from the cornermen. And... Um, and then see how the athlete's adapting to, to that advice. And I think for them, it's, it's become a lot more clearer for them to hear that. Sometimes they don't hear it over the crowds. But also, UFC is one of those ones, I don't know if you've been to a live event, but at the start of a fight, um, you know, everyone's roaring when Bruce Buffer does the announcements and, you know, the, the energy's there. But then once they go to fight, there's dead silence in an arena. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's obviously that roar kind of erupts when something huge happens, but... Um, hasn't really affected the impact of, of the broadcast. I think it's kind of added a, 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 an interesting element to it. Um, but, yeah, it would be interesting to get that athlete um, feedback to see how has this changed the way that they've, they've approached the fight. Are some people just built for those larger where they want to get that feeling and energy from from the crowd to, to get the job done? So it be interesting. Do you think something like you know that feedback might flow into post, post-COVID when we've got crowds back? Like, is there opportunity to to mic up those cornermen much like they do maybe in the Big Bash or something like that? Yeah, they, they do a bit of that. They, they definitely mic up at least one or two cornermen. And, you know, we hear that in between rounds. That's more or less when we try and get that insight, when they go to the red corner and the blue corner to try and hear what advice they're giving to the athletes. But it's become more prevalent within the the, the middle of the fight as well. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's it adds that extra layer of that production, which is pretty cool to see. You know, from a business point of view, going away from the sport and talking about the business element, um, you know, I've, I've read a lot of articles lately around um, naming conventions of, of different events or plans or, or services and things like that. And what I really like about UFC is that it's a UFC and it's a number, you know, the, the show. And I, I mean, can we talk a bit about that? I mean, how, because I, I read an article that people can't follow what the updates are. They can't follow... How um, you know, like if you have a, a particular plan, in, in, sorry, let's take a back step back into the the mobile space. The mobile space, the plans are always changing, right? And you never know if you're on an old plan or a new plan or whatever it is. And what I what I've noticed about the UFC, you know exactly where you're up to because each show or each event follows a particular number. And is that something purposeful that the UFC's done in regards to events and things around that? It's 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 simple and it's consistent. Agreed. Yeah. Um, what we like to say is that UFC and UFC events are brand led. People will buy tickets to our event without knowing who's fighting. 
yeah. or they might buy the pay-per-view or they might tune in to watch without knowing who's actually particularly fighting. And um, they expect a certain quality of our show, our production, the athletes who can c- compete. There's a certain standard. So very much so. I think you kind of you hit the nail on the head there in terms of that. Um, but being brand-led, having UFC in, in, in the title, certainly um, very purposeful. Yeah, I, 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 there's something so simple that we don't really take notice of, and you know when we when we talk about our plans, we we took we try and t- dumb it down and call it the best mates plan or soulmates plan and things like that. And you know I've done a lot of research over the last couple of years around how confusing the name of something or the way you the naming convention of something can really confuse the consumer and you know stop sales and stop people getting involved and things like that. And you you, you hit the nail on the head before that people will buy a ticket to an event and not even know who's fighting. It's, fo- it's, it's focus all on the brand and, and what you're delivering, which is fantastic, I right? think you said it well, Peter. I think you said consistency is key, right? And yeah. I think uh, in, 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 that in, in our industry, yeah. I think there's not a lot of consistency um, always. Um, and uh, I guess that's something we try and focus on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's something I, th- I think you'll get that from us, right? If you look at our you know, brand reviews and, and, and things like that, we are consistent in the way we approach it. We are consistent in the way we deliver and we're consistent in the way we, we tell people what we're doing. And I think that's something that you know, we resonate with you'll see on as well. Sure. And, and we do 42 events now these yeah. days per year. So there's a lot to keep track of. And sometimes it's just easy just to categorize <laughs> by doing numbers. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, there's a consistency and the simplicity. But then as when you want to go into more detail, you can. I think what, what we do a fantastic job of our, our, our teams, that they, they sell the narrative. And, you know, if you watch UFC Countdown, there's a preview show that we do, uh, that we release a week before the event follow that narrative you know who the athletes you can really learn about you know the, the why the why i think is something that's really interesting and, and mark you touched on your why yeah. when you when it comes to your experience with you so you like to see the the competitive aspect and the fitness level and the skill and, and that's you know there's a lot of fans who love it for that and there's a lot of fans who love our sport and and to watch watch the fights um take places because of the why are they fighting for their family are they they fighting to, to try and prove something. What are what are their motivators that you know what that, 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 that get them to the octagon to want to compete um, at this high level um, and you know you know to, to, to perform and, and perform mixed martial arts. It's it's, it's pretty special sometimes. Yeah, and um, people, our listeners that who want to get involved more with the sport what in australia what's the best places for them to go to to watch it i know you have your your fight pass uh, and i think you have um you know certain content on in tv and certain channels but maybe give us a bit of a view of, of where today we can access the content sure I, well firstly and foremost i'd say that um there's nothing there's no better ufc experience than going to a live event so if the UFC comes to town or if it comes back to Australia at some point, um, you know, and if you're keen to check it out, then nothing beats the live event experience. It really is transformational in a lot of ways. And it's a great entry point if you want to take a mate or, or, or just, you know, see it for yourself. There's nothing better. But the what we do for TV broadcasts is, is also really special and translate so much of that live event experience to your television. And, and so we, we do... 42 events a year 12 of those events are on pay-per-view which we do via uh via foxtel main event and, and fetch and, and we sell it via usb fight pass online 
and uh, and ESPN and our broadcast partners so for the 30 other events that we do that they will be solely on ESPN. Um, so so definitely go and check out those um, those live events on via broadcast. We have USC Fight Passes uh, over the top network, our OTT, and um, that's like a Netflix for fight sports. It's not only just MMA and UFC. There's a whole bunch of great content from boxing to jujitsu to um, you know, there's many great um, smaller organizations from across the world, including a whole bunch of other original programming, which we invest quite heavily into into UFC Fight Pass to get a taste of not only the behind the scenes, but, you know, following our athletes and compilations. And yeah, there's a great, li- there's, there's a library of all of our UFC events that ever take place. So if you're bored at home in ISO, then uh, I can highly recommend getting involved and, and checking that out. And what about at the grassroots level, if I want to get fit and, and keep healthy, how do I get involved with it at Mixed Martial Arts? Yeah, so um, you would have noticed over the last 10 or so odd years just how many martial arts gyms are opening up around the country, whether they're jiu-jitsu gyms, whether they're Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing gyms. They're just sprouting up everywhere. And it's, it's fantastic to see a reinvigorated ind- industry here. Um, and, it's, and, you know, you just people have that want to, to, to get involved themselves and it's really fantastic. We have UFC gyms in Australia. We have about 15 odd uh, across uh, a few different cities. Now, they're not built for you to go and be a fighter. It's, they're designed to train like a fighter, to, to realise your, your, your optimum. And they have great classes from judo all the way through to jiu-jitsu to Muay Thai. So you can experience a range of different martial arts classes there. But, um, yeah, we've had some amazing stories of athletes who have literally gone from being a mum wanting to lose a little bit, of, little bit of weight after pregnancies to going on to fighting in the octagon within two, three years. There's been some amazing transformations of our athletes to, to get in, introduced to the sport. Just like anything, you've got, you've got, to, take, you've got to take that first step and just uh, get, get to the gym and then the rest is easy. So. Yeah, definitely. And so you alluded to it a little bit, but what's next for UFC? Sure. Well, I mean, we're, we're, I think Fight Island is, is on everybody's uh, mind at the moment. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Fight Island. There's going to be some announcements, uh, I think, this week about wh- where and when that's going to take place. And we, we want to get up and running with our scheduled events. Like I said, we're, we're back on track and back on schedule in terms of how many events we need to build per year. So it's about bringing that consistency back to that. Um, me, myself personally, you know, we're, we're keeping a very close eye on to what other sports are doing in Australia, what restrictions are being lifted, and whether we might be able to bring an event to Australia this year. I mean, I'd love to see that um, if it's if it was safe to do so. Um, so, I'd, but otherwise, we were we were supposed to have a show in um, in Perth just last weekend on the seventh of July. So, uh, you know, we kind of lamenting on the fact that we would have had a, a great event in Perth just last weekend and we would have loved to have been there to put on that show. But um, we'll have to get back at some point to Perth, definitely, and, uh, and and work out when we can bring the live events back to Australia, hopefully before the end of the year. Yeah, great. definitely. I hope I, so. I think, I mean, I yeah. mean, some other sports, I know that the NRL are talking about having crowds very soon, so um, obviously there'll be restrictions in place, but it'll be good to see yeah, things absolutely. getting back to a certain normal, I guess. Sure, I think that a lot of people are looking forward to that. I mean, we've made a lot of great progress here in Australia and in New Zealand in terms of doing the right thing. And I think we've all 
kind of um, fought the good fight in that respect. And if, if that means that we can do things like, uh, you know, go out to restaurants, go out to, to, to you know, music and sporting events uh, all the sooner, then that, that, that would be fantastic. And I can vouch for a live event. I went to a live event in Vegas at the MGM, I think 2000, January 2015, I think it was. It was amazing. And I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan. I was just, you know, I knew about it. And I went to the, I went to the match uh, and it was fantastic. Uh, I definitely recommend getting involved. Pete, thanks for your insight. I, th- I love what UFC stands for, you know, but more importantly, we love your business story as well and, you know, where you came from, where you are now and think that really resonates with us as a business and I think it will resonate with a lot of people that are in business and the entrepreneurs out there about how your, your brand and your business has evolved and, you know, thanks for sharing your time with us today and um, what I think we'll do is and we'll, we'll get you on again in a couple of months when the world's got back to normal and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully people can start vi- visiting, you know, uh, events in, in your world as well and, and see where, where things have gone from there. But, um, again, thanks for being involved, Pete. Really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Um, thanks again for having me on. Good to talk a bit of UFC and, uh, and uh, great to talk about your business too. And, you know, I've, I've said it that... Uh, UFC is one of those things that's best enjoyed with your mates. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, I hope to see you guys again soon. Beautiful. Thanks, Thanks Pete. Pete. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Let's Be Mates podcast by the team at Mate. Search for the Let's Be Mates podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at letsbemates.com.au. Hit subscribe to get the latest episode each week. For all your Torco needs, choose a provider you can trust like a mate. Visit Let's Be Mates .com.au, Google Mate, or call us on 13 14 13 to sign up today.